say people can't squat correctly or lunge or do any of the moves they see in the gym or in Pilates, there's generally three things that they need to work on or the three reasons why they can't do it. Hey there, my name is Kim and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I am so thrilled to have you here with me today. With running season upon us, it's important to approach training with caution so that you can avoid injuries and burnout. As we get excited about warmer weather, it's easy to try to ramp up on our training too quickly. I am guilty as charged. We've had a warm streak in Kansas City, and after being cooped up all winter, all I want to do is get outside and move. And I actually created a training plan for myself that I try to stick with so that I'm not tempted to go out and do all the things in one day. But the problem is that Maybe we haven't been as active over the winter as we think we have, and our muscles and tendons and ligaments have not caught up with our enthusiasm for running. So our heart might be saying, run, 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 and our body is saying, whoa, wait a minute, let me catch up. That's why I'm talking today with Dr. Owen Everard, a chartered physiotherapist with a PhD in biomechanics. Today, he'll share his expertise on injury prevention and recovery strategies. As an international runner himself, Dr. Everard understands the importance of mobility, stability, and motor control exercises in improving running technique and preventing injuries. He's also the founder of the Back Aware Belt, an innovative piece of equipment that provides users with instant feedback on their back positions. In his spare time, he is an international runner who is the current over 35 European champion, a sub four minute miler and a sub 14 minutes for the 5k. During our conversation, we'll discuss the impact of the first hour of the morning on spine health and Dr. Everard will share tips on alleviating disc pain. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, sit back and get ready to learn valuable insights and tips to take your fitness game to the next level. Welcome to the show, Owen. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Kim, thanks so much for having me on. We're going to talk running today. So I want to know, just give us the quick story about how you got started running. Was running something you've done your entire life? Yeah, I was always fast. Um, so, and then, but I would have been playing a lot of other sports. And then my brother, he he trained very hard for one particular race. And he, he kind of luckily, you know, he he exceeded expectations and he actually qualified to run for Ireland for the the national team. And after that, he would have like, he would have slagged me. I don't know if you have that word here, but like kind of made fun that uh, he had an, an international. I never had it. And so after that, about 16 years old, I, I just was determined to try get one international cap. Um, and by the time I actually, you know, ran for Ireland at like, say, 19, I kind of had the bug and I've been running kind of competitively ever since. And that's about 20 years. So. so you definitely had genetics on your side. But what else would you say 
contributed to you being such a world-class runner? Uh, good structure really helps. Like it's the most important thing. Um, I've had a coach kind of like since I've been 16 and I can't, I can't, uh, overestimate the importance of that enough for people. A lot of times, um, like you need a structure, you need someone to be objective about things, but mainly the structure. A lot of people are just doing the same type of run each each day like they might have a loop that they go on at the same pace and the way the body is structured is it adapts to the stress so that will give you like some gains early but after a while if you're just doing the same run at the same speed um same distance it's like you're you're not getting any fitter even though you're going out you're not losing fitness but you're not getting any fitter so it's just so important that you have a a structure and it can be frustrating because it takes no more time to do the right training as the wrong training, you know? So if you're, you're putting in the hard, the hardest thing is getting people out the door, you know, get, get their trainers on and, and going for a run. So then I think it's really important to have the structure. The key structures I think you would need just quickly would be like a mid week, like workout, usually like an aerobic workout. Like I would do everything off heart rate and minutes and then, uh, maybe a Saturday workout and then a long run on a Sunday and then just fill in the rest depending on your your routine. If you're starting to go over four or five days, I would recommend like a sports Pilates or something that would activate the muscles to stay injury free. Nice. Let's talk a little bit more about as you or as a person becomes an older runner, like, you know, yeah. you're not young anymore, you're just more prone to injuries. What are some of the things that you have to change about how you train to avoid those injuries? Two things. Okay. I used to always do like, say, three hard sessions, like a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Wouldn't you have to, as you said, accept that like you're not in your 20s anymore? It takes your body longer to recover. And actually trying to train like you did in your 20s will, is so counterproductive. I've seen a lot of very good, very good runners actually like, sustain injuries and nearly stop running altogether because they just they didn't adapt to the new situation so i would say rather than doing like three hard workouts do two so do one maybe on a wednesday give yourself that little bit longer time um for a saturday the second thing is running is great for cardiovascular fitness it's very good to burn calories, good for your heart and your lungs but it's not good to activate muscles so you need um, you need some work in the week that like switches on the muscles and gets gets the muscles burning and essentially tries to wake them up because when they're awoken, they'll take pressure off the areas that tend to get injured, which are the passive structures, the joints, the ligaments and the tendons of the body. Like they're always there. They'll always be taking the load from running. But we need the muscles to also take some of that load and when you're younger you get away with that more because your body just has greater healing capacities and recovering capacities when you're older you can't go into that dip as much you do need your muscular sw system switched on we would do the sports pilates for that to make sure that we're just really activating the muscles so that the um so that it helps when we're running and then lastly is variation Again, we, we're sitting a lot more, we're working, you know, when you're in your, your 20s, if you're in college, or you're, you're probably more active, you're, 
uh, more varied. You know, when we're getting older, we're in our jobs. A lot of us are at desks all the day. And then if we're doing the run, and as we said, doing the same range of motion, same run, uh, the joints can kind of get stiff. So what we need to do is change it up and increase the range of motion through the joints. And essentially, our joints then have a thing called synovial fluid. It's like oil, but that only occurs through movement. So again, you can do that through like sports Pilates or yoga or something that moves the joints or strength training, moves the joints more through the range of motion. Or secondly, just adding in like, as we said, variety to your training sessions. So having a workout on a Wednesday, one, it's like more enjoyable, like it's less boring than just running. Two, you'll get bigger aerobic benefits so the performance will be better. And then three, it's um, an injury prevention thing. Or at the end of a run, say you normally run for like 50 minutes, stop your run at like 45 minutes and then do like 20 seconds of a, a stride, like picking it up. Like not hard, like say 90% effort for 10, 15 seconds and then jog easy for 40 seconds, 45 seconds and do that, say, four times. You've done the same length of a run, but you've added in that variety at the end, which will just keep the body healthier. Yeah, I think, too, about how it feels whenever you've been forced to have rest, like maybe you've had a surgery or Maybe somebody had a baby or just, you know, the, all yeah. the different reasons why you have forced rest. And then you try to get back into it, how hard it is to get back into it because it just feels like it hurts so much everywhere. Yeah, so yeah, is that yeah. part of what you're getting at as far as just like if you a body in motion stays in motion, you just keep the more you keep working out. Yeah. And, and as well, like that, you just have to vary the types of workouts that you do. So like. I used to just love, and I still love, like, you know, like, I, I don't really like doing sports Pilates, but it's something I have to do because, you know, I start, I got a hip injury when I was in my late 20s. My shins started getting a lot sore. Um, you know, people start getting like tendon issues. So you need some type of training apart from running to allow your body to be prepared for the running because it's the recovery strategies aren't as much. If someone's coming back after a long break, like say pregnancy or um, just they've been out injured or they just weren't running for a while, it's just so important that they don't overdo it. So what you want to do is just make sure that you're not doing more than 10% in the week previous. And on the fourth week, drop back to what the original mileage was. So say you went out for a total of 20 miles the week one. Second week, just increase that to say 22 miles. The third week, you know, two miles on. The third week, you can add another two miles. So you'll go to 24 miles. But the fourth week, you have to drop back to 20 miles again. That allows your body to absorb the training. And then in week uh, five, you were at 24 miles, say on week three. So now we can take 10% of that, which is 2.4. So, you know, you'll just go 26.4 miles and on that way and keep dropping back. Uh, too often people, they're, they know, like they have the muscle memory of what they used to do. So um, it's nearly what we were saying about the older athletes not accepting, you know, where they are. The person coming back doesn't accept it. They're used to like, well, I know what I have to do to get into shape. And again, especially as you get older, you don't get away with that as much. You got to accept, okay, I have been sedentary for a while. I'll, it'll take me maybe two, three months to build up, but a lot be a lot safer and more effective than just 
trying to return straight away to the level you were at before. I think that is one of the hardest things to get pretty much anybody who runs to accept because runners run because we like to run. Yeah, And exactly. so I think it's really hard to get them to accept one, that you have to do the something like yoga or Pilates, two, that you need some sort of mobility training because, yeah. because exactly what you're talking about, like with the tendons and the ligaments, you can be like, oh yeah, I'm cool. I can do that. But when you're in your 40s or 50s, yeah, ligaments and tendons don't like that when you just like try to muscle through something. Yeah, exactly. And it's that cumulative that they are getting tighter. So, and look, as we do a free trial of sports Pilates. And I'd say these are people who are actively signed up for the course. You, like now it's free. So you try it for the week. If it suits you, great. You sign up for the eight week course. If it doesn't, I'm happy enough. At least you got to see it. I am. I if if twenty five percent of the people actually try the class, it's been a good thing. So it's as you said, it's and I understand it. It's just we're used to running. It's just so easy. It's harder to do stuff at home or in other places, but it's just so important. And if you can't do that, at least adding strides or something that varies the stimulus in an in an in an easy way. Don't don't do it every every run. Maybe you just once a week um, will make a big big difference initially. So what do you think about somebody who's trying, I wouldn't even say at that age, trying to be competitive, but you know, you want to keep improving. Let's say yeah, that of course. Somebody yeah, wants everybody to keep wants improving, to run they're pushing themselves, they have goals, but maybe cutting back on the number of days that you work that you run. Like maybe you used to run five days. And so you go, okay, yeah. I'm gonna run four days. And then to make up for that, because you like to be active, maybe you throw in some kind of cross training like that would be ideal. What do you think about that? That'd be perfect. That would be absolutely perfect. Once you're getting in two workouts in a week, and these workouts don't have to be hired. Another thing that people do is, I'm talking about people who want to do 5K, 10K, mm-hmm. half marathon. Once it's an aerobic event, you have to stay aerobic. What a lot of people do is they train too hard. Okay, so they train... Um, there's two two groups. The people who go out, um, the people who go out just for a normal run are just in that recovery zone the whole time. The, and then you have other people who do sessions or do workouts, but they're too hard. And then they're in anaerobic. Okay, so they're in trying to improve the things that sprinters use, but there's no one who can sprint a 5K. Even the guys like Inga Britson and all, like Inga Britson, they look like they're sprinting, but they're so... Um, pedantic on lactics and making sure they're in the aerobic zone so it's not that you have to go fast i would recommend you know four by six minutes at like 80 percent or lactic threshold or you might do five by seven minutes at marathon pace with 90 seconds recovery but you need kind of some workout in the middle of the week again it should be relatively easy um like that type of session and then some workout on the on a Saturday, and then maybe a, a little bit of a long run on a Sunday, or you could do a long bike. What you were talking about there, Kim, is that such a good idea. It's that adding that variety or that variation and doing it through different ways. So maybe instead of a long run, you do a long cycle. Or where you used to do a recovery run, you do a recovery cycle. And then where you used to do an easy run, now you do Pilates or yoga or strength training there, but you've still kept in your key 
two workouts and a long run and supplementing the other things will probably um, lead to better benefits. You know how they say for little kids, like younger kids, that if you want to be a good athlete, a well-rounded athlete, like you should do a bunch of different sports, a variety of things. You don't specialize young. Not till you're about 16. Yeah. So would you say that that kind of maybe applies also to when you're older? Maybe like if you have longevity in your sport, you don't pound yourself to death on one thing, but you maybe add more variety into what you're doing. Yeah. People being even elite athletes, when I see them, when they're running their best, they're also very strong. They're also flexible. When I see someone who is just very, say, endurance aerobically fit and and has kind of negated the other things generally either the performances start to drop or they get injured you find when someone's in there like ready for pors they they feel quite strong they feel kind of flexible they feel like fast and they feel fit so by keeping everything topped up one it's a lot healthier of a routine but two you see better uh, performance benefits so we'd always you know have some aerobic training in there, but then have some like light speed with either hill hill repeats or the strides or stuff like that. And then the strength training as well. And then to make sure that people understand, you know, if they are like, they're listening to this and they're going, oh man, I do the same route, the same distance, the same blah, 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 everything. Every time yeah. I go out, if they want to switch things up, how do you recommend that you ease into that? So like, so let's say the person runs four days. Okay, so they can still do like two days just doing the route with their friends. They could do this with their friends anyway. And then let's say um, let's say on once during the week, they start with like, say, um, five minutes. How long will we say the route is? 40 minutes? Sure. Okay, so let's say they start, they do 10 minutes of an easy easy jog like they normally do they can either stop and stretch or if they don't have time to stop and stretch don't bother i would just then pick it up for like a minute up to about like 80 or 90 percent just where i feel like it's hard like it feels harder than it normally does again you do not have to be flat out sprinting here just the intention of trying to go faster will help over a couple of weeks you'll be surprised how much quicker you'll be able to go go harder for a minute go easier for a minute and if we did that, if we did 10 minutes hard, 10 minutes of that jog, and then just jogged home for the 10 minutes, we're still doing the same route, but we now have um, added in a workout. The next one we could do is say, maybe it's again 40 minutes. So maybe we warm up, we jog for like, say, 10 minutes. And now we try, or let's say we jog for seven minutes. And then we'll do five minutes at that 80% pace, lactic threshold. I'd always recommend people get a heart rate uh, strap and then a lactic test. But if you weren't doing it, how you know you're at lactic threshold is, can you sing one line of a song? So can you sing like happy birthday to you and then need to take a breath? If you can, if you can sing like more than one line, you're going probably too slow. If you can sing, like if you're like happy birth and you're taking breaths straight away, you're going too fast. So let's do that for five minutes. Um, that type of like 80% pace, take like a minute easy jog and do that say three to four times. Start with three, get used to it, build it to say four times and 10 minutes of an easy jog. And then like there's two sessions plus your two, 
your two easy runs, and that will dramatically change, um, dramatically change what you're doing. I love that. Now, another thing you talk about, and I know you've touched on some of these already, the three essential elements to moving better. Yeah. What are they? Okay. So when people when people aren't like say people can't squat correctly or you know lunge or do like any of the moves they see in the gym or in Pilates, there's generally three things that they need to work on, or the three reasons why they can't do it. First is it can be a mobility issue. It might be that we're stiff in our ankle, stiff in our hip, or stiff in our upper back. So even if you like Google like you know ankle like heel drops, heel raises, or just rotating your ankle or we do like the world's greatest stretch or a hip opener for hips and then we do like some thoracic rotations so you just google that you're going to find good exercises that you can do there that's the first reason the second reason is stability they might be able to like activate or switch on the right muscles so we say the core we can't really switch it on uh the glutes are the general ones and then balance for runners so again we just need to have some exercises that get these um, muscles burning a lot of times the pilates can be tough and people are like god that's I you know or someone can come to me and like say oh i have this hip problem and like i'm doing this stretch and it's like you're sitting 10 hours a day 30 second stretch is not going to cut it you need to make these muscles burn to switch them on okay so the second thing is to switch on these muscles. We do that through like some like planks, bridges, glute clam work, just to really activate the muscles. And then lastly, if that hasn't helped, you want to look at what's called motor control. And that's like the technique. And I came up, I have a back aware belt thing that gives you feedback on your back position so that you know it's so it basically buzzes if you go into a poor position. Because sometimes it's just learning how to do it correctly so that you can feel the muscles activate. And that's so important for runners as well, because a lot of times people ask me like, oh, how do I improve my running technique? Or this person improves it by trying to run on their toes. That's absolute like BS. Um, what you need is if you have mobility, if you have activation, and then you have like the technique, you could add in motor control being like drills or strides. So you're naturally trying to improve that. Just never think about running technique after. You have all the building blocks. Your body will work out what's the best way to run after that. Rather than and people being stiff and sore and wondering, oh, well, I'm trying to run like these other guys. It's like you literally, you physically can't move into that area. Or, oh, I'm not as upright as the rest. It's like you might be able to activate the core like they can. So you need to take it back a step. Or, you know, again, I don't have that technique. It's like, well, you need to practice the motor control, the technique part of it. Yeah, that is great, great advice. You know how they always say, oh, yeah, and top runners have 180 step a minute cadence. Yeah, and so then you try Super. to force people into that. And it's like exactly what you said. Well, that might be the end result. But to get that, you don't focus on the cadence maybe, but on yeah. the stability and the strength and the rest will come. The rest, I have the that rest right? will come. Yeah, exactly. And if it doesn't come, there's a reason for that. So you might have someone who has a 190 cadence who's like trying to change it. And like they might injure themselves because, well, with their body, with the restrictions they have, that's the best that your body wants to run most efficiently. Once you're running for a while, the body always wants to adapt to stress. 
So it will find the most efficient way for you to run. Never 100% of the time, we've been here 2 million years. We weren't waiting on some YouTube video to tell us how to run. Okay, it's like we're learning this. So give yourself the building blocks so there's nothing actually hampering your body um, your body doing the right things and then it will improve. But as you said, people can get focused. I had a great meetup with a, a school friend. He's a doctor now and uh, he's just busy. He's got two kids. So he's getting out for a run every once every two weeks. And the questions, oh yeah, I'm trying to get this cadence because it's on his watch. I'm like, dude, you're running once every two weeks. You don't need to worry about cadence or anything like that. You need to, he was wondering how I improve performance. Talking about breathing, taking double breaths and stuff. I was like, man, if you, you need to run like three times a week, that's why you're going to get better. Doing the sessions, you know, adding a few strides in. It's not, it's not complex. And I love that too, just because you mentioned like the building blocks and what you are talking about is these are like the foundation, the stability, the mobility, the strength. Those are foundational things. And if you have consistency with that and you do those things, you're going to get better. 100% of the time. Will, like, as I said, I'm like, like I'm, you know, over 35 3K champion, sub four minute miler. I've represented Ireland at different championships. And I can tell you in a race, the differentials between how people run is massive. Do you know, not, like, at, at the elite level, it's like we all run slightly differently because our bodies have worked out that. And I had a, had a guy, he was like silver medalist in the European juniors. He tried to be running on his toes. He was injured completely by like 20. He had to retire at 22 because he was trying to get his body to do something it wasn't ready for. So if you want your cadence to improve, do some like hill repeats, no problem. Make sure that you have good mobility. Make sure you're working on your core, but don't intentionally like shorten your stride if you're going longer or lengthen your stride if you're if your um, cadence is lower. You're gonna you're you're not gonna run better. Another thing you talk about is healthy spines. Give us just the lowdown on what can we do to make sure we're not injuring our spines throughout the day, especially with all the sitting that we do. Yeah. So like, obviously I have a sports Pilates and then the back of wear belt is my other little baby. So um, the first hour in the morning is the most, most important for your spine. Overnight, when we're lying down, the, the discs take on additional fluid. Okay. So they get a little bit bigger. So just like if you had a bottle that's full to the brim, like any pressure on that bottle would make like water push out. And it's the same when you're at, in the first hour, when the disc is bigger, any flexion or any sitting is really, um, you know, can be, is it's a more dangerous time. So just be careful in the first hour, not lifting things super heavy. If you need to sit straight away, like say if you're wor- working from home, when I have like oatmeal, I think call it, we call it porridge here. But if I put that in the microwave, I'll power walk swinging my arms from the microwave to the door and back for the say 90 seconds that I have the the porridge on and that just helps reduce the fluid or lying on your stomach and extending uh like arching your black just reduces the fluid a little bit in the discs to take them back to like kind of a safer range like now like say if we poured out some of the water out of the bottle i can kind of press the bottle without it you know spilling straight away so that's um that's one of the key things also with especially with disc pain and disc pain is generally like your sciatica any pins and needles down your leg 
um, there's a couple of key things you want to do. The first is like, as Stuart McGill calls it, don't pick the scab. So find the thing that's causing your pain. Like if it's sitting at your desk, I don't know if I can see here, come to the edge of your chair and just drop one leg off the chair. So like I have, like imagine I was going to kneel. Now my back is in a nicer position. I'm not rounded and I can stretch my hip flexor or take a jumper or a towel, roll it up and put it in the small part of your back. So essentially it's keeping the natural arch of your back. Then the second thing is to, you know, strengthen the, get the hips moving better. A lot of times if we get stiff in our hips, we're designed that we can move. We'll always be able to move. So it's a problem why people get the main things I see is a physio, our knee and back pain, because if the ankle gets stiff, we move too much in the knee and that causes the pain. Or if the hips get stiff, we move excessively in the back and that causes pain. So make sure that you are doing some like kind of glute work or core work. And I said I have the back aware belt just because. I used to give rehab to my patients, but they come back and they were doing the stuff completely wrong so it's it's still not ready but it's that's what i'm currently really working on this to try give people that feedback so they understand when they're in a good position doing their say they're they're playing correctly doing their exercises correctly and they can improve okay do you want to tell people about how they can get more information on the resources that you offer yeah great well i have a free book um it's called How to Get to the Line in the Best Shades Possible. So I, I write newspaper articles here in Ireland. So just on like general fitness um, injury prevention. So you can get that at Everard Pilates. So that's E-V-E-R-A-R-D-P-I-L-A-T-E-S dot com. Everardpilates.com forward slash book. Awesome. And are there any final words of advice or final thoughts you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, yeah, well, if you're going out for a run, I think the key things are just write down the training you're doing. Hopefully you've had an idea here that it shouldn't be the exact same each time. Like, I think the minimum you need to be out is three times in the week. And if that, then make them into like little modified sessions or workouts, like we said. Um, if you're doing more than three times a week, look at some type of like injury, like sports Pilates, injury prevention kind of work once in the week as well. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been great having you on the show. Kim, I really enjoy that. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.